Hola, yo soy Margarita y estás escuchando Limehouse Podcast. This is Paddy Ashton and you're listening to the Limehouse Podcast. What a good name that is. Hi, I'm Tom Brake and this is the Limehouse Podcast. Hello, this is Nick Clegg and you're listening to the Limehouse Podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Because I'm not persuaded by the case for war. This is what positive politics can do. Hello and welcome back to the Limehouse podcast. It has been one hell of a few weeks, all in a good way, I can assure you. Yeah, um, it's good to be back in the UK. Like like many of you know, I, I went away and went to Thailand uh, to work at the Soy Dog Foundation. Uh, that, that, that helps the the dogs in the dog meat trade in Thailand and and Vietnam, uh, and and also dogs within within Thailand itself. Um, uh, and it was very rewarding and it was fantastic. And we're going to be adopting a dog, my partner and I, and it's wonderful, brilliant. Uh, aren't, isn't life great? Anyway, how have you been? I hope you've been fan bloody tastic. I have got a really cracking little chat lined up for you today I, I thought I would go I don't know why I'm gonna use this word but I'm just gonna use it I'm just gonna do it I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna step into this horribly overused word and use it it's an organic chat yeah sorry I, I had to use it I had to use something um, it's your old friend Elaine Bagshaw she's fantastic we, we've got a good lively uh, chat about Brexit, sort of, although not much actually, I'll be honest. Douglas Carswell, UKIP, uh, the the joke of, of that party and what they're descending into. It is a bit, I know it's a bit old hat. We also talk about, um, yeah, the the, uh, the results of the, the by-election there in, in Stoke on Trent Central. And, and I know it's a bit old hat, but and it was recorded when I was in Thailand, like a couple of weeks ago. But actually, the points that are made, they haven't really moved on all that much. So it's it's still definitely in the in the theatre of relevance, sort of. If if you're not look, if you you know if if you don't want relevance, um, then you, you you know you're in the right place. Let me tell you. But um, yeah, just I guess it's it's quite important at the moment to to pause actually and give some give some thought to um, the tragedies uh, and the horror that unfolded this this week in, in Westminster and obviously you know exactly what I'm talking about and um, it really um, it did come as quite a, a slow shock actually because I, I know that around the world so many dreadful things are happening on a, on a nearly da- daily basis you know um, 90 people dying in, in, in Pakistan in, in just dreadful circumstances you know and we've had the niece attacks and and it, and the list just goes on and on and on so when i first heard about it i was like oh, okay you know um someone's driven a car and some people and okay this you know this is just a a standard horrendous terrorist attack and then i found and the news developed more and more that people have lost their lives and then obviously today being thursday they've named the um the victims that were murdered and it, it, it just stopped me in my tracks. I was listening to the PM show with Eddie Mayer and I don't know about you guys, but um, I was, yeah, I was really moved to tears just to think that a couple celebrating their 25th wedding anniversary um, 
one of them's critically ill in hospital and the other one uh, died. So, I mean, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to know what to say and I don't want to overdo it because obviously it's a very dark subject and we're all dealing with our in, in our own way. But um, for, for those of you that, that are scared, I'm scared. I live in London. I'm not going to lie. Theresa May um, gave an amazing speech, I thought, at, at, in the House of Commons um, today. I mean, I really, really genuinely mean that. I, I think it was perfect. It's probably the best speech she's ever made. Um, it really, it really shone through just what you know how we all feel to be British um, after any tragedy, uh, and and for a policeman to lose his life in in, uh, in any circumstances are horrendous. But to to be protecting our democracy, our sovereignty, um, to die in 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 that way. Um, is is truly heartbreaking but but yes i'm ter- i'm terrified i mean my partner goes to work every day uses the underground i drive across london i don't necessarily have to engage with that level of of fear and paranoia but um just to let you know you know it's going it, to it's 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 there and i'm sure it's in me it's going to be in you maybe you want to you know contact me and, and share your your feelings on this because i would like to do a, a podcast um and, and and try and address what it is like to live um in 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 london these days not not necessarily not necessarily because of this terrorist attack um but just many 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 terror terror attacks around around the world and how we deal with that how we deal with that as, as human beings how we're processing that i I'm freaking terrified of, um, you know, I play all these scenarios out in my head of, of you know, that anything terrible phone call that you have to receive or although the families that have already been deeply, horrendously affected by terrorism. Um, and Joe Cox's husband was on, on, on the radio today talking, talking about it. Um, and it just it's it's a gulf of despair and fear that I hope that none of you and myself ever have to experience but we're all having to face the facts that we're living in a pretty messed up world and I just want to know how some of you are dealing with that and I want to get someone on the show um, who can help us a bit maybe uh, and also um, run over a few a few of the facts because facts do help you you know deal with deal with the um, with the fear, you know, the, you know, the chance of being in a terrorist attack is so unbelievably remote. But anyway, 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 I'm rambling now. Um, yeah, so I, I have got a chat lined up in the future um, with um, Steve Simmons from Amnesty International UK. And I, I'm going to put it out. I'm going to put it out um, very soon. I've been rabbiting on about putting it out and I still haven't done it, so I don't know why. Um, yeah, and it's a really good chat about refugees and the world as a whole. Uh, and and then more excitingly, I've got, um, or more excitingly, more exciting news rather, Anna Subri's, um agreed to do an interview with me. And that's going to be this coming Wednesday. And we are, I don't know what we're going to be talking about. I want you to give me questions to put to her. Because, my God, there are so many questions I have. Um, that they kind of all direct to back to Brexit, and I guess that's kind of 
that's what the nature is of, of having a chat with Anna Subri is going to be. You know, we all see her as some sort of like a, a Tory rebel, but, but, but is she? She hasn't voted against the government yet. Um, we'll see, you know, what the chat what will happen there. It's, it's my first uh, conversation with a, with a Tory MP, so I'm quite excited about that. So, yeah, like I said, if you want to email the show with some questions for her, go ahead. It's the Limehouse Podcast at gmail.com or fire them at me on Twitter. That's Limehouse Pod. Mega, mega easy. So, anyway, on, on with the show, on with my chat with Elaine. Like I said, we talk about pretty much everything, everything going, uh, and enjoy it. I did. She's a wonderful lady. Bye bye. Okay, right. Well, I'm here with the, the lovely Elaine Bagshaw, um, who you guys know pretty darn well by now. But but if you don't, she's the PPC for Tower Hamlets over in uh, London, and uh, she's she's appeared on previous episodes. And if you, if you haven't heard her wisdom and magnificence before, then I suggest you go back and and, and check it out. But um, we're, hi, hi Elaine, how you doing? <laughs> Hello, I'm good, thank you. Thank you for such a nice introduction. Yeah, that was that was long and vaguely professional, almost. Um, <laughs> so, so in in um, in the last few days, well, last last week, we had uh, the by elections, and as a lot of our listeners will know, that did not go so well for UKIP. It went okay for Labour, and it went ridiculously well for the Tories. Um, and in some instances, I suppose it went okay for the Lib Dems. But um, what, what's your take on 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 the by-election results there? So I think for us, I mean, we held our deposit in both seats, which is amazing. And I think in one of them we doubled our vote share. So really good campaigns. It meant that we practiced a lot, which is really important to me about making sure that like, we have a go at every single election so we can test messages and test types of literature and stuff that we're putting out. And we raised a fair bit of money too. So I think it was uh, a good showing from us. For the others, I mean, UKIP felt like they had that seat in the bag uh, for Stoke. So it was great to see them lose, which isn't, you know, very ladylike of me, but I don't really care. No, no, um, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so that was, you know, it, it's the kind of area where they should have won, and the kind of place that after the referendum, a lot of us were thinking, okay, anywhere with a high Remain vote, the Labour Party in disarray, UKIP have probably got a decent shot. And then it turns out in a by-election where they have huge amounts of media coverage, they've got more money than normal, they can move all of their activists into the one place, they're still too disorganised, got um, a fool of a candidate who lies about being at Hillsborough and they still can't quite pull it off. Yeah. Um, Labour, oh gosh, Labour, Labour, Labour. Um, only held on to Stoke because UKIP were the challengers, I think. Yeah. So I know there were lots of people that weren't willing to vote Lib Dem because they couldn't stand the thought of a UKIP MP, which I can totally understand. Uh-huh. Um, but then uh, Copeland, which is a seat that they have held for as long as it's existed, is not traditional Tory territory and flipped to the Tories and flipped to, you know, the government and an austerity government that uh, is really hurting that area. And it's just, it's not the kind of thing that should have happened. Mm. And in any other year, in any other situation, 
um, the Labour Party leader would have been forced to resign because of it. And yeah. instead, Jeremy Corbyn is coming out and saying things like, hang in there, everyone, <laughs> you know, keep keep fighting. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're like, yeah. who are you trying to convince yourself I, yeah, or exactly. everyone else? Well, I suppose in um, the preamble to that... pretty convinced it's over. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it was just funny because the preamble to that was him allowing um, uh, his his cabinet members to resign um, and just completely walk away. And it's fine, you know, we, we're, we're just going to let that happen. And, and then um, and then obviously uh, Copeland happens. I, I mean, it, it is just, it's free for all. Um, no, no, no opposition. I know Anna Subri says this again and again and again, but you know, government needs help, healthy opposition. It's, a, it's obviously it's a well-known fact. Everyone is abundantly aware of that. But I suppose what we're entering to now is a kind of like, really, is this actually happening? Is is he still allowed to? Is is there not been any? Because there was it. John McDonald talked about a a soft coup. Is, is, is that something that's filtered oh, through? Oh yeah, your he did. Yeah, people will just like keep resigning, and uh, eventually he'll have to go when they lose lots of by elections. But I mean, I can't envision that that really happening. There are, you know, the reason we're not getting defections and the reason why people aren't shifting over is because they like being elected. Um, and lots of people in the Labour Party have actually worked quite hard to where they are at the moment. Yeah. So they're not going to give that up all that easily. And people want to be in Parliament to attempt to influence Brexit and be involved in the negotiation and whatever else. Yeah. So I don't believe that there is any kind of soft coup. I think it's just Corbyn's paranoia, essentially, and the paranoia of the people around him. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, actually, it's not really paranoia. It's more... They're spinning what is effectively everyone is really unhappy with his lack of leadership. Um, but they're calling it a soft coup because that's the only way that they can uh, avoid the really difficult discussions that they actually need to have in the Labour Party. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, was it um, Clive Lewis? Uh, his name was mentioned for a possible leadership um, and all this um, website uh, domain names being bought up, which was quite, I thought that was quite funny. If that is the case, I, I really, I wouldn't blame him, to be honest. But... Um, but yeah, no, I mean... I mean, after what happened in the last lead... So after what happened to Owen Smith, I can't see anyone yeah. um, anticipating a run because they're not going to move until the membership aren't supporting Jeremy anymore yeah. and he still has the membership. Um, so it's going to be a while until anyone feels brave enough to make a move. Yeah, and I mean, at the same time, I suppose, um, you know, there, there are still plenty of people uh, moving from from the from the Labour Party into the the likes of of the Lib Dems and and that that obviously that, that's favoursome for for us you know for Liberal Democrat minded people, um, but but at the same time it is it is you know how um, how loyal are these how, how loyal are these are these are these people uh, and is it is it just they're going to move to the Lib Dems as a protest and then move back to the Labour Party do you think? Um, I don't think they will. I've spoken to quite a few people who have shifted over from the Labour Party and obviously we had a councillor that did it um, and everyone that I've spoken to has said that they feel far more welcomed in the Lib Dems and they very quickly feel like what we stand for fits with their values a lot better. Yeah. Um, so I don't think, I mean there will be some that go back, it always happens. There were people that joined us over the Iraq war that went back 
there were people that left us over coalition that have come back so there's a small percentage of people that sometimes shift but very often um like kind of shift back and forth but it's not very common i think the people that because it's such an emotional thing to actually leave a party and Mm. go and join another one it's not something that you kind of uh it's not like moving flats you don't just kind of jump around all the time yeah no no fair play i, I get you on that one i mean it's, it's, I, I was just reading today about uh imran imran khan like just coming out with this sorry i know just really spitballing here and i know we're talking a lot about labor and the opposition um but they are in a quite a lot of focus at the moment after the by-election i suppose yeah. it's vaguely relevant re- um, well, relevant well they're also not acting as an opposition so i don't know if yeah. you saw the news about um there was uh, there were votes in the lords last night and yes um uh, Labour's stated position is that we should stay within the single market and then Corbyn whipped their lords to vote against an amendment that would have forced the government to keep us in the single market. Um, so they're not they're not being consistent in any way. They're not acting as an opposition. Yeah. They are. We've essentially got two parties of government at the moment and it doesn't help anyone. So, yeah, what I mean, yeah, you, you've actually raised a really good point there. Um, what what did happen in the Lords? I know you've just basically, uh, you've, you've grazed over it a little bit there, but what did happen in, in the Lords then? Uh, so, last night they were voting on uh, the first group of amendments to the Brexit Bill, as it's being called. Yeah. So, I believe it was Amendment 4, was the amendment, was an amendment uh, from Peter Hayne, uh, who yeah. former Labour MP and I think cabinet member at some point um, laid down an amendment that said uh, we will force the government to ensure that we stay within the single market and we won't accept a deal that's uh, not on that basis. Okay. And uh, from what I understand from the Lib Dem lords that were there, a lot of Labour lords had expected to vote in favour of that because they were like, well, it's party policy. We yeah. want to stay within the single market. That's what we've said publicly. And they turned up to vote and there were three whips from the Labour office um, shoving them through the lobbies to vote against it, saying, no, no, it's been whipped. You need to vote against. We're voting in line with the government. And you just had these very confused looking Labour lords yeah. kind of going, oh, hang on, but one of our own put down the amendment and it's in line with party policy um uh, but then you know just walked through the walked through the voting lobby anyway mm. um yeah so that's essentially what happened is, is this, last this night is, so this is crazy. even in the lords labor labor are voting with the government yeah that like there's no purpose to them at all currently and well there is no purpose isn't this we were talking last week uh, it, it didn't make uh, the, the final cut of the podcast but you were talking about you know theresa may turning up uh, in, in, in the in the upper house and, and yeah forcing... they've had like little rotors of people going and watching what the lords are up to yeah and that's i mean that's when you really do need an opposition that will stand up and say we don't really care if you're sitting and spying on everything that we're doing we don't care that you're threatening to reform us and get rid of us yeah. we think this is wrong and we're going to make a noise about it and instead i mean Labour in the Commons rolled over and that was kind of expected, but the second chamber is meant to be different. Uh, things are supposed to work differently and instead it's exactly the same. So on the, on the subject of UKIP, um, there's a bit of um, bit of an epidemic of hilarity breaking out there, is there not? Am I correct? 
Yeah, so um, today UKIP have uh, treated us all to um, the pantomime that is that has two parts, which is great. So, uh, so first of all, today um, Nigel Farage came out and said that Douglas Carswell should be kicked out of UKIP. Now, bear in mind, Douglas is their only MP, so you're like there must be something massive that's gone on for him to say this yeah and then it seems to be from the news and social media that's what's happened what's happened is um nigel being anti-establishment has decided he wants a knighthood because that's as anti-establishment as as you can be isn't it Um, yeah him and and david beckham had a chat yeah and uh and douglas isn't playing ball and won't lobby to get him one and um, so that's uh, that's been quite funny. And then yeah. it turns out, well, one of the things I was reading is that UKIP's rules for throwing out an MP say that it has to have the agreement of the parliamentary party. So Douglas Carswell would have to agree to expel himself okay. from UKIP. What? Which is which is quite the loophole um, oh, in their in their governance, which is quite funny. Do you think Aaron Banks would just bung him like a few hundred grand, and Carswell would be yeah, right? Well, the other thing that's come out now is Aaron Banks is saying he's going to run against Douglas Carswell at the next general election because apparently Douglas doesn't talk about immigration enough. And what was the quote I saw? Uh, He's a posh boy. Um, I don't. This wasn't from Aaron Banks. It was from someone else. Okay. And like UKIP, UKIP MEPs have been coming out. I saw one of them was on Radio Four saying we need to lance the boil and get rid of Carswell. Okay. Um, and he's like he's the only guy who's won an election yeah. in Parliament as UKIP, and they've all just turned on him. Well, so it's quite entertaining. I mean, you know, it, it is. It is entertaining, but I suppose, I mean, I, I just can't really get my head around it. I, I think maybe this is the, obviously the fallout from from uh, from Stoke, from the by-election there. Um, mm. I just didn't think it would be quite so hilarious. Um, and, and like you've you've put a really good analogy on this very, yeah, it's very pantomime. I mean, I can actually almost see Douglas Carswell as the, like the dame or something, or Farage as the dame. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, the interesting thing with it coming after Stoke is that none of it is directed at Paul Nuttall. Yeah. Bear yeah. in mind, he's the leader and he was the candidate. Uh, he doesn't appear to be taking the fall for anything, despite all of the ridiculous things that he was caught out saying. Yeah, but Elaine... He, at the moment, appears to be getting off scot-free. I know, but if he if they have another leadership election, it's, it's, it's as bad as, like, uh, Portsmouth football club when they were going down when they were getting relegated in terms of leadership change in fact i don't know if they changed that many managers but it's a lot it's uh, sorry i'm a southampton fan I had to put that in there but i i absolutely it's right. I, I know the council group in portsmouth oh, and we're gosh, gonna get yeah. on top of that oh god and they've been really nice to me on the podcast um but i it's it's so funny it really is now i think people i mean i think people are, are, are waking up to it because they don't necessarily want to vote UKIP but then you look at what the Tories are doing and what they've suddenly become in the last seven or eight months um, you know they no one needs to vote for UKIP anymore not when you've got the, the light no, you know they got their referendum which is what they wanted they run they won the referendum so there's not really any purpose to them anymore i mean yeah. labor is supporting hard brexit so are the tories so there's not really any room for ukip now they've yeah. just kind 
they've become a bit of a non-entity really in some ways from a strategy point of view um it's incredibly clever of Theresa may because she has by going for a hard brexit as much as i don't agree with what she's doing from a tory strategy point of view she's completely uh, gotten rid of the threat from ukip yeah because but, essentially they are ukip now well yeah they are uh, but they've also unfortunately tied themselves well you know they've made a rule for their own, their own back because they're going to have to stick to this bullshit um for for god knows how how much longer and i i mean i know maastricht you know maastricht treaty almost tore that party apart certainly you know destroyed major john major and he's come out obviously this week and i just don't know i don't know how long i know we're seeing the disintegration of the labor party i just don't know how long we're going to see the tory party carry on with this ridiculous i think it's going to be a very long slow death yeah um, from what we're seeing at the moment um but then you never know they may as things change so quickly at the moment and um, you never know what's going to happen from one hour to the next let alone days or weeks or anything else so it could all change quite quickly i know and i, I suppose to touch on the lib, lib dems i mean it it does you know it, it does almost if if labor going down the toilet and you and tories are going so far to the right that they generally are now we always used to think after the immediately after the referendum people would say no UKIP they're, they're relevant now it took a little bit longer but I think these two by-elections have shown that that UKIP are relevant now um, and kind of leads the pathway free for the Liberal Democrats provided they're able to harness it properly and do something with it yeah it's interesting now looking back over the last few months because UKIP have shown they can't win in leave areas which there's just no point to them whereas we've shown that in remain areas we can decimate the tory vote like we did in whitney and we also managed to win richmond park yeah so we've shown to our core group of voters that actually there is hope and you can make a difference and you can overturn a 20 something thousand majority whatever zach had yeah um whereas ukip are now just out there going oh (laughs) um (laughs) let's just beat each other up (laughs) even in the places even in the places where most people voted leave, we can't even win there. So yeah. let's just finger point at each other. Um, you know, Nigel's trying to get himself a knighthood so that he can then go and work for Trump. Oh. And I think UKIP's just going to descend into everyone will attempt to save themselves, really. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. It's obviously predicting massively once again. I'm, I'm trying to predict the future. I always want the answer. I always want the simple answer. Um, <laughs> I, I just guess you must I'm, be a constantly disappointed person <laughs> i don't know i i guess so but there's so much drama at the moment it's like since june it's like you could like you said earlier you know everything changes hour on hour anything could happen at any moment exactly and you, you, know, you struggle to keep up yeah like you know you could be a betting man right now you could put odds on nuttall definitely going uh and any tom dick or harry taking his place because it doesn't bloody matter anymore they're they're done but um hello 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 i can hear you now phuket (laughs) calling london this is phuket calling london um (laughs) yeah no no i mean it it is it is it, it does for me to feel like you know a matter of time before we i you know what i really want i just want a god i just want a by-election uh in another remain area and we sweep in and, and take and take another seat that's all i want i know that's just the obvious thing well, to say but 
I, th- I think Manchester Gorton was Romain. Oh, um, is that an, what another uh, election's been called? Oh God! Yeah, sorry, you're what? the other side of the world. What, yeah. what the hell's yeah. going on here? The uh, MP for Manchester Gorton uh, sadly died on Sunday oh. night. Oh, yeah, hey. so um, there's now going to be a by-election there as well. Oh, I'm, that's awful. See, I've had I've had two days to adjust to this reality, so I'm like, oh. Oh, okay, yeah, another one, fine. Fine. Okay. Oh no. So okay. Well, that's here we go again. Yeah. I'm. I'm sorry to hear about that. That. Uh, that person passing. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. Um, yeah. But... It was uh, Gerald Kaufman. Kaufman. I'm oh. not entirely sure how you pronounce his name. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, Tony was, Blair was leading tributes he, to him. He was. Yeah. yeah. He was the father of the house. So the. Uh, I don't know if that. I think it's the longest-serving MP, or it might just have been the oldest. Wow. Uh, which is now Ken Clark, since Gerald passed away. Okay. Well. Uh, so you got you got your wish. There's another. So when you get back, there's another one to get your teeth stuck into. Yeah, all the way up in sunny Manchester. And Manchester, Manchester's a bit easier to get to than Copeland. That is true. So all um everyone who fancies a train ride, let's uh, you know let's get our um I don't know train feet on. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what, what's happening there? So do we know who the, the candidates are up there already or is that it's a bit too early for that? No, it's a bit too early for that. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, the Lib Dem one will get done by early next week, I imagine. Yeah. I haven't heard anything from the other two parties. I think yeah. because it's due to someone uh, passing away, it's Respect. the family that decide like when it will be cool. i imagine labor will wait until the local elections now yeah um i mean i mean i don't, I don't know i, I i'm supposed I'm, I'm just wondering if, if it were um is it's going to be quite a, a hard for it's going to be very hard for um election up there obviously being a remain um constituency but I, i'm wondering how much level of respect is going to be paid there because someone has passed away, but I don't know. That's just me being a compassionate human being. But um, it would it would be quite good to see a female candidate uh, um, for, for the Lib Dems. It would be, yeah, massively. I, one of the things that actually uh, I read after the by-elections pointed out that in uh, Copeland, all of the main parties ran women. So we did, I think the Greens did as well, and yeah. the Tories and Labour. Oh, and I read this article that was basically saying, you can tell how misogynistic politics still is, because everyone just wanted to talk about Stoke, where it was all men running, and no one paid attention to Copeland, where oh. actually you had four very good women yeah. all running against each other. I, okay, I, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, that didn't even really cross my mind, because um, it doesn't really... Yeah. No, you know, I just don't really think about it. I just like, okay, yeah, they're, they're politicians, but yeah, I suppose that's the way I am, though. Me, me, and my matriarchal upbringing. Um, um, but yeah, it, it's going to be cool. I'd, I'd like, uh, yeah, you know, ethnically diverse um, campaign up there for the Lib Dems. That would be my wish. Yes, I think it's yeah. everyone's wish. We'll see who goes for it, and obviously, selections are down to local parties, so. Yeah. We will see what happens. Uh, but we've had very good by-election candidates since the referendum. Okay. Um, like with Rebecca Hansen, who was our candidate in Copeland, was great. Obviously, Sarah Olney was brilliant. Yes, yeah, um, fantastic. And then yeah. we had uh, Dr. Ali in Stoke, who did a really good job too. Yeah, so um, we're doing a lot better in terms of 
supporting candidates, getting diverse candidates and making sure that we don't just kind of um, feed them to the lions, yeah. which uh, used, used to be the way that things worked. Yeah, no, 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 it's good. It is. It, it's definitely, uh, it should always just, I, I, I don't know. I just, I feel personally that the that, that politics is still, and you know, it is still massively stuck in uh, the 20th century in in some regards and then pulling it just pulling in so many different directions it's like in in terms of diversity but that is probably an, a, a topic for another day um because that yeah that's huge yeah, we, do it do it, we'll do it I properly think I think. a long time about that one so yeah, <laughs> um, yeah yeah that's definitely one for another day well maybe let's talk about it next time yeah yeah let's talk yeah let's that would be, be really cool uh, with, yeah um, but yeah, so maybe on that note, we should we should uh, we should say au revoir. Au revoir to everyone. But can I can I just that's ask? That's like the only French thing I can say. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not true, Elaine. That's not true. <laughs> no liars on the podcast, oh. please. <laughs> you, what other French words do you know? Come on. Oh, bonjour. There a passport, go. I suppose, is a French word. Yeah. Okay. No, I only did French for like two years at school. I was not very good at languages. Oh, two years. You I'm a terrible. Know, yeah, you should probably know a bit more. I'm a terrible then. British people that doesn't speak any other language. Oh God, you are a terrible person. Yeah, um, I know. I'm not going to be able to do any election videos like Nick Clegg in six languages. Yeah, but that's more of a sexy thing, I think. I think people find that. <laughs> I, I found that quite sexy. I was like. Oh god damn a man talking another language so effortlessly <laughs> Oh Nick you know I'm I've, I've I've been having trouble sleeping over here I've put that on repeat on uh, next to my pillow Am I joking or am I, I being serious <laughs> You I'll let you know, I'll let I'll I'm let sure the listeners you wouldn't decide. be the only one Yeah yeah well um anyway um <laughs> um what was I going to say oh crumbs Damn. No, yeah, before I go, I've met, um, I just want to ask uh, listeners and maybe, maybe you got this person in Australia, Pauline Hansen. You guys have got to check her out. She's crazy. She, she is like, she makes UKIP look like the Brady Bunch, honestly. Wow. Yeah, I want you to check her out for me and then maybe we can talk about international um, uh, populism. I'll go and Google her and then we can talk about her next time. Yeah, international populism and diversity in politics. Let's do it. Yes. Okay. It will be good. It might be a little bit controversial uh, with okay. some of the thing, thing, but, but you know, it's it's a good conversation we have to have more and more of. Yes. Uh, and it's International Women's Week next week, so Ooh, excellent. Well timed. Marvelous. And I'm I'm reading reading Bridget Christie's book at the moment. A, a, a book for her. It's fantastic. Oh so. yeah, she's great. I've seen her before. Uh, she did a talk with Caitlin Moran that I went to. She was brilliant. Oh, wow. Fantastic! Oh my goodness, yeah. Um, I went to see her just the other day, and I hadn't seen comedy in ages, and and I don't know why. I think I'm just a very insular uh, little human being, uh, um, and uh, yeah, yeah. And it was amazing. It was incredible. What a woman! Yeah, she's great. And if you ever get to go and see Caitlin Moran, I've seen her twice now. Yeah. She's fantastic. And yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. But okay, right. I'll say goodbye then. Shall I? All right then. All Goodbye. Right. You... I will get back to work. <laughs> okay, you do 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 your best at work. Okay, A stars all the way, please. Always, always. <laughs> okay, no no room for slackers in the limehouse. Yeah, there's no uh, no mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mate. You take care.
Angie, see you later. Bye. Bye. Well, there you go. The chat with Elaine Bagshaw. Yeah, that was good. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I've got to say, I was pretty homesick. I don't know about homesick, but on that spectrum, a bit anxious, tired, jet lagged, um, missing missing my lady. And uh, that, that really, that helped pick, pick me up a lot, that chat. And um, I hope to have a few more like that. So a bit more pally pally, a bit more, hey, let's not be too... Uh, technical and serious about life let's just let the the chips fall where they where they may or will whatever you call it um can you hear that in the background just hang on let's turn this up well that, that's um that's my dog drinking from a um from a a bowl of a bowl full of water, not whiskey. Although he is a miniature schnauzer, um, he, he's probably you know very used to drinking whiskey behind my back with a little pipe um, in his little beard. Um, yeah. Anyway, just thought I'd add that. Uh, why not? Eh? You only live once. Um, miniature schnauzer club. Let's do it. Anyway, so I, I think I need to say thank you so much to Paddy Ashdown as well, actually, because he's been so. He's been so accommodating for the, to this show, uh, helping uh, get an interview together with Anna Subri. Um, and credit to the guy, he's such a lovely man. It's um, it's not often you meet someone so accommodating, so eager to gen- genuinely help, you know, and so polite. My God, you know, like, I remember my granddad and my dad. They were the two very gentlemanly gentlemen. If if that is an expression, I. Maybe I've just invented it. But yeah, definitely from the old school, but in a good way. In a good school, old school way. So anyway, guys, it's time to say goodbye. It's been gosh darn pleasant uh, being back in the UK, getting back to normality, waking up at 5.30 in the morning after going to bed at 9pm, solid amount of sleep, loads of reading, being done i hope you've um undertaken my suggestions uh, to look up those books that i suggested in last week's episode if not go to the back of the classroom and you will get a bad red sticker the, those of you that have taken my advice and bought a copy of uh, bridget jones uh, bridget, jo- <laughs> bridget jones no i don't want you to do that um bridget christie's book um, you can get a green sticker if you bought her book. You can get a green sticker and present it at um, present it to me when you, when you next see me, which is probably going to be quite soon, because I'll be leaving the Limehouse any minute now. So yeah, guys, have a great week. Um, the next time you hear from me, it will probably be the uh, chat with Amnesty UK. So in the meantime, keep sending me emails with those questions for Anna Subri, the Limehouse Podcast at gmail.com and tweet us questions if you will uh limehouse limehouse pod it's that simple limehouse pod oh and maybe i'll see a few of you on the um on the march the um hey no brexit's bad march uh on the on the 25th this this coming saturday 25th of march i'm looking forward to it i i, I mean why not you know I, I, it won't make any difference obviously but it'll be really good to um have a good old scream and shout about how totally embarrassing and shit the uh, current government is um and uh, 
how totally ineffective the opposition are. So, no, I didn't mean it. it I'm sure there's every chance that if we all club together and actually make a physical show um, of demonstration time and time again, hopefully within the next two years, it might actually have an effect on this deaf, mute, uh, pompous, arrogant government that seems to have uh, invaded our hearts, souls and uh, and basically parliament and the way the country's being governed. Anyway, I'm going to start getting stressed soon. So yeah, go to the march and I might see you there. If not, I'll see you next week. Take care. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.